Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Ramin Karamlu, and welcome to my podcast, The Hang, where I get to hang out with some of my friends and get some much-needed face-to-face time and talk about, well, whatever. Today, I get to hang with Hadley Frazier, my great friend whom I look up to and have had the fortune of working with on several occasions. A star of the stage in the United Kingdom, Broadway, New York City, and has had concerts that have taken him as far as Japan. He is a musician, writer, and all around exceptional human being. Hadley Frazier and I both made our West End debuts in Les Miserables, and we have been friends ever since. In our hang, we talk nonsense about fitness, shared equal admiration for each other, our time in Les Mis, the Phantom 25th anniversary at Royal Albert Hall, and he shared great insight on how he approaches his work as an actor and the aspirations for and his journey in developing the character and staying true to the authorial intent. Hadley also talks about how he developed as a writer. I also learned three new words in his podcast, usant, temerity, and subsummation. Amongst the many gems he shared, I also love the sentence that came out in our conversation. Music has such a potential to shift people and change what's going on inside them. Hadley, I think you do the same, brother. And thanks for the hang. Here is part one of our hang. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Hang with Hadley Frazier. Hi, buddy. How's it going? This is nice. How are you doing with that chair? The chair, the, this is the issue with the chair here is that the seat is really low in comparison with the armrests. So if you could imagine what it feels like to be a child, I feel like a child. Well, maybe it depends on torso length and upper body length. I think it are you more legs does. Than... I think I'm discovering today that I've obviously got quite a squat torso. So but I always quite... knew I was quite narrow chested. As opposed to yourself, who's quite broad and... Well, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> we will, actually. Okay, grand. Because you're the reason for it. What? Oh, am I? Yeah. Well, okay. Just to finish off this fine point. Yeah. It begs the question, when they decide to build these chairs... Ergonomically. Yeah. Is what? it a Norwegian company? They're relatively 
They're very good about tall. All of ah, men and women. see what you, you mean. See what I mean? Yeah, I do. I sort of feel like I'm part. I believe we are. Not at all. We'll get it in the edit. Someone just walks in. There you go. So it depends. We should find out where these are made. Yeah, because I'm not going to buy any chairs from this manufacturer. No, but if you're Scandinavian, perhaps these are the chairs for you. Or just long in the torso. Long in the torso. Yeah, yeah. I feel very. I feel like I've sort of got my elbows on a wall. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm peeking over the wall like a sort of interested child or curious dog. However, I'm very time. comfortable in these chairs. <laughs> yeah. So, well done. Uh, I might get one. <laughs> you've got <laughs> for a... the office. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You started me. You kicked off the whole. Fitness thing for me. I don't think I did. You did. You were sort of working out and things anyway, though. No, I was doing Saturday night t-shirt muscles sort of workouts. Yeah. But at that point, okay. So at that point, I was getting. You know when you do self tapes and your agent gives you a little feedback. Yeah. I got the old. Hey, be careful with the angle of the camera when you sit down. You just look a bit pudgy. Oh. And How like, old were you at the time? I must have been early 30s, maybe 30, 31. Was that a dent to the pride? No, I blamed the shirt. <laughs> At that point, I blamed the shirt. Blame the tailor. And then, yes, because then I did Valjean with you. Yes. In Les Mis. Yeah. And uh, opening night, I'm getting dressed. Sir Cameron walks in. Sir yeah. Cameron McIntosh, our producer. Uh-huh. And at that point, my shirt was off because I was putting the brand on. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, well, someone's in their 30s, darling. <laughs> And he pointed at my belly. So that's that's the another, oh, that's okay, another that sign. Was, that was probably more of a contributing factor though, wasn't it? And let me just say, it didn't bother me at all. Okay. It was right. And I'm not sensitive like that. Yeah. Oddly, I'm more sensitive now. The more in shape I get now, the less secure I am about my body. Yeah. See, I think that's age though. I think, you know, the insecurities grow and grow as you get older. Even though, without sounding like a dick, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. Good for you. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I get more insecure when aesthetically uh-huh. I feel like... That's great. Listen. I'm so pleased okay, you. So can- no, it's terrific. You You're look amazing. Best- what are you talking about? No, no, You no. were never a muscle Mary. You don't no. need to be that. <laughs> no, I suppose I wasn't. <laughs> Am I allowed to say muscle Mary? I guess so, yeah. I don't and think Jim Mary Rat? would be upset. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, that's fine. Apologies to Mary. Listen, so that was the second thing. Yeah. And then one night, I think I'm watching a film with Mandy... I looked down and she looked at me. My hands are resting on my oh. stomach. You know when you lay yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh. Better do something about that. Should do something about that. And now, yeah. fast forward, we're in Florida, Disneyland, after a day in the park. What At that point in the hotel, there's like infomercials all the time. Yeah. Nothing else on TV. Yeah. So while we're getting ready for bed, the infomercial's on, and it's insanity, that program. Yes. You ready to get insane, Sean T? Sean T, yeah. And I kept watching that because it was on every night. I'm like, well, of course that's going to work if you do it. It's no gimmick. That's hard work. Yep. And then I got onto Facebook when I was on Facebook and when you were on Facebook, which no longer are, Yeah. I saw a photo of you. And I was like, man, do you look at Hadley? Mm. You looked amazing. Mm. So I messaged you. Mm. And I said, dude, I got to say, you're looking great. What are you doing? And you said, funny enough, I've been doing this thing called insanity. And I said, man, he's doing insanity. And Mandy goes, I've just ordered it. Did she? I didn't realize she'd just done it. Yeah, it right. all happened like that. I was like, well, that's what Hadley's doing. Yeah. And I thought, you looked amazing. And I was 
aging. Yeah. I felt that way. And I was like, tummy rest. Tummy rest. I was like, I got to do something about it. And if it's working for you and you're doing it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then. I only did it because of very vain reasons, because I had to get my top off in a show for pajama gaming. What was it? 2013, maybe? Something like that. And um, yeah, so I did that. And then I sort of didn't bother after that moment. But I have to say, I did do it for vanity reasons, of course, at that point. But now I go because I just find the mental... Do you find it better for your state of being? 100%. Yeah, I I, I wish I had the motivation to keep doing it. Yeah, but you have other outlets. I suppose You're a busy so, yeah. guy. Yeah. Not busy enough that I could rule out doing that, you know, three or four times a week. Well, what are you going to do? It's about making excuses. Right? Yeah, it is about making excuses. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're here to talk about? Are we here to talk about fitness? No. Because that's not, not something I feel necessarily <laughs> too overly qualified to I'm not do. qualified to talk about it. I just do it, but I'm not qualified to talk about it. But I just want to give you props for oh, you helped change thanks. my life. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I think you were going that way anyway. And I think it helped that Mandy then got... Going which way? But that's something that I've always admired about you. And I mean this sincerely, is that you've always been very good about going, I want to do X. I'm going to devote time to learning how to do it, to putting the time in to do it, to devoting oneself to doing it. And you still do that to this day. Like when I think about like when we first started writing together and so on and so forth, you know, like playing the guitar, playing Mm -hmm. the banjo, playing the piano, that was something that I don't think you've done a great deal of, is that fair to say? So you basically just went, right, I'm going to teach myself. I'm going to seek out learning from other people, have a lesson from that person over there who's going to be the best person to collaborate with. And now, I mean, you're a better guitarist than I am. Get out. You probably are. Go on. There we are. But I have to say, it's something that I find continually. This is just going to be. Is this going to be a sort of mutual admiration fest? If it is, that's fine. Maybe it? in we the need beginning, more of that in but the world. we will. Uh, we'll get. We'll get to the. It's all about the hang. Night. That's the whole point. There you are. Look. Yeah. So that's something I find very inspiring. That you continually find the motivation to self-educate, self-improve, or however you want to call that. And that's something that I feel is really easy to lose as you get older in life. Yeah, but don't you find the more success you get as well and if you do some awesome things, I don't want it to end. I don't want to feel like they say, I don't know, higher you go up the ladder, the fall, harder it is to fall down. Sure. And I don't want to rest on laurels. And I think if you rest on laurels and you just do the same thing at some point, how are you improving? How are you growing? Completely agree, yeah. Why would anyone, if you're doing the same thing all the time, worry worry? Is that why you keep? Is that why you keep sort of seeking out new things and new experiences and new? You know what I mean? Is it? Is it just hundred percent? That's why yeah. I'm even doing this. Like I don't know what I'm doing, and I just when you have support of a label behind you and the Broadway uh, podcast network saying, "I think this would be great. You should do it." I think, well, if you think I should do it, then I'll give it a shot. Yeah, and that's what happened with Valjean when Cameron's like, "Do do me a favor and play Valjean." Remember, you were there. The it's the first time I talked myself into audition. Really? Well. He offers me the part, and I go, this was during the Phantom 25th. I said, well, let's get this out of the way. I'm going to come sing it for you, because I didn't think I could sing it. And even now, if they want me to do it, I'd be like, I don't think I can sing it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you could. Remember you were there? I don't. See, I have a really bad memory. Where was this? It was downstairs. Where was Mamma Mia, that theater? Prince Edward? Yeah. And it was downstairs in that bar area. Oh, yeah, the bar area. And we had to do the confrontation. 
Oh yeah, I do. Cool. We didn't rehearse it. They're like, let's just see what you guys do. Oh yeah. And then they go sing. Did the... we do it seriously? Well, we couldn't mess around then. Uh, Is that what you mean, serious? Like we did it seriously, or yeah, could we do it? Did we do it? Who was there in the room? Cameron. Do you really remember Trevor? this? Trevor. Right. Uh, James Orange was casting it then. Right. Okay. There was one more person. Maybe the director. Okay, I don't remember. Chris Key, maybe. Right. Okay. And we had to do the confrontation, and yeah. then they go Remy and sing the prayer, and then you sat down. I was like. That's temerity, isn't it? That's too much. I should have come out by that point. I'll, I probably was just very intrigued. Was I playing Val, um, Javert at the yeah. time? Oh, there you are then. How great was that four months together? Oh, it was really great fun. It sort of felt like we'd come full circle in a way. You know what I mean? Like My, my love for, for Les Mis is, is, is sort of very... Uh, complicated in a way because I didn't know it at all before we did it the first time round. When you were Marius? Uh-huh. Uh, and so I'd, I don't know how you felt, but I didn't have this great sort of love for it that people people have. N not because I didn't like it, I just didn't you know didn't it. You didn't know it. And then obviously with my first professional job, I, d I don't think it was close, far from No, it would have been my your... third gig. Right. When I was 22 and you were... 48. Yeah. <laughs> You looked great then. I was 24. 24. Yeah, right. Well, how young are you now? 39. Mm. Yeah. The, the big four zero next yeah, year. Next. Yeah. Tomorrow. But it feels to me like we kind of, I think we came back to it. Well, I came back to it again like a decade later. I mean, that felt like accelerated yeah. aging though, to go from Marius to Javert in 10 years. Like Michael's just done it and did Marius in the very first, when was that, 1984? 1985? Something like 85, And he's I think. just playing Javert now. Like, that feels right <laughs> yeah, to me. Yes, true. I did it in, I think, under 10 years, which feels like... What's happening? I don't know. Accelerated aging. Well I done, Michael. Well, there you go. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you not, you could, you, would you not, would you, I mean, are we allowed to talk about this? Would you go back and do it again if they said, if the timing was right, you know? Oh. I don't think Lehman is anything. Spot, no, but. no, we can talk about anything as well. But I don't think Lehman is anything to say. I don't think you can ever completely say no to. Who knows if it, if all the cards line up and it makes sense? Yeah, it's such a good oh, it's show a, to be in. It's and a wonderful. I show, still yeah. love Valjean. Yeah, who knew when I never wanted to play it? I always wanted to play Javert. Now, yeah, see, and I wanted to play Valjean. Let's swap. No, it's far too much like hard work, Valjean. It is. It is, man. <laughs> it is. I just, I can't think about, like, like, 
I have a friend and we have a toast every time we see one another and the toast is no heavy lifting. And Valjean just feels like such heavy lifting. All night long. You know what I mean? And that's funny because when I came out of college, that was the sort of role that I coveted and role that I was desperate for. The heavy lifting role with the, with the high B flats and the showy offy thing. And now I just go, just give me the one where I can, you yeah. know, mutter along in the middle of my range, yeah. have a cup of tea. A little doll roller at an F sharp. That's, that's fine. <laughs> and that's all good, you know. No, I, I'm so, I suppose I'm being facetious slightly, but I th- those, those they are an undertaking, those parts, aren't they? I mean, you specialize in them to a certain extent, don't you? You know what I mean? Like those. But it's getting to a point now where I, I get, I, am, I have a, a bit more anxiety about singing these days. Massively. Yeah. I think. Do you think that's an age thing or just an experience thing or just because that's what happens when you get older? Maybe all of the above. Maybe we're not, we've been very lucky to have, to diversify our careers, to go, you with plays, film and TV, I'm shooting film now. So we're not in that eight show a week grind Yeah, where you get tour fit, don't you? I guess so. Yeah, you do. So the uh, when I look back and I, and I get anxious about doing eight shows a week, because I'd like to be back in a show at some point. And I, 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 tr- I stop myself thinking, why am I getting anxious? You, you've done it for 10 years, nonstop. Yeah, I think that's, that's age. I've, oh, I mean, I'm starting eight shows a week again in March. Which I'm so excited I get to see it this time. Yeah, you didn't see it last time? No. Uh, City of Angels, by the way. Uh, Which is going... At the Garrick Theatre. Your home. Yeah. Your home from home. I know. I think it'll be my fourth show at the Garrick, I think. Fourth show. Well, we did... That's not quite technically true. Two two of those were in rep with each other. So I suppose it's my third stint. Working with wonderful Sir Kenneth. Ken. Yeah, that's right. Um, I can't even remember when that was. Maybe three or four years ago now. Um, I remember because I picked you up one night. Yeah. We went out for a dinner oh, or something. Yeah. And, you picked, and I was out front. I go, I'm out front. Hop in. And you hopped in. That's right. The biggest beard. Yeah, that was a big beard. I think don't think my beard's been bigger than that. That I was proud of that beard. Your best beard? When I was Valjean in Canada. Did you just let it go? That was big time. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'd be more confident growing beards now than doing eight shows a week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. But the singing thing, it it really like I find myself I suppose that first time we did Les Mis in two thousand two were together. I I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, could go out drinking and the rest of it, come in the next morning. You could. You and, did. And did. I did. <laughs> and it wouldn't affect the voice. You know, the stamina was there. These days I go, you know, I have to really alter my my um, my lifestyle, you know, and yeah, that's, but, but that's being good. being a dad, being a dad, does that doesn't make it. Because your energy easier. levels are different. Energy levels are easier, uh, definitely different. Uh, getting up at six thirty every day is different, yeah. especially if you get home from a show the night before at midnight, and and you're yeah. up six hours later. That's hard. You know what I find? Even just the energy of your interactions right away, it's boom. You're you're going. Even if you're not talking, you can you can you know keep your voice. You don't have to say words. But like when I do a show in Japan and it's just me, and you mm-hmm. wake up. And it's selfish, but you only have yourself to worry about. Yeah. There's a slower pace. Yeah. And there is just interacting with people. That's your day has started. And it's when, when kids are young. Yeah. And they notice also, I think, kids, if you are, if you are preserving yourself slightly. Mm. And then that guilt thing kicks in of going, oh, no, man, what? I'm resting my voice. And my little one wants to play. And now I'm going, I can't play with you, sweetheart, because I, want, I need to rest my voice. And suddenly 
you know, the, the, the burden on, on it's a very first world problem, but suddenly yeah. you just go, okay, I will, I'll play with you. And then an hour later you think, well, I'm not going to be able to sing the show tonight. It breaks my heart though. I still go through that every now and then and I'll be like, no, I should rest. And, and the other day Hadley's like, Bubba, do you want to come out and play basketball? And I think I was, I was just tired. You know, I was doing long filmings. Yeah. And I can look out the window and see him playing, shooting hoops on his own. Oh, I was like, man. I looked at him and I'm like, oh, I got to go out. Yeah. I can't do this. I'm going to cry if I yeah. stay in. Yeah. And we had the best time, but it's just that, why not just say yes right away? But you, you're trying to balance so much and you think you're doing it right. And then you see a lonely little hat <laughs> playing basketball. <laughs> Bouncing a ball oh in slow-mo, black and white on his own. So uh, you, gotta, you have to do that, I suppose. And now I think about myself, you know, whenever we started in the business 20 years ago, and I remember thinking about, par- I mean, I don't want it to get into like parents have it bad because no one forces you to have a kid. And nope. like this is, this is our responsibility and I don't yep. want to moan about it because it's wonderful. But I think about how I saw parents back then. I went, why are they so, like, why are they going home? Like, why aren't they coming out for a beer? Yeah. And now I think, oh my God, all I want to do is go home. <laughs> I love going home. It's, isn't it the best? Okay, be honest. Yeah. The idea of coming in today just was, to do this. Was lovely, actually. Go on. The, the idea now of being, and this is where I really have to catch myself because you have to think about how, much we gave to be doing what we're doing and how many other people would give to be doing what we're doing now. Yeah. But I suppose six months into a run in the theatre gets to about that 3.30 time, especially in the winter, and you go, oh, man, i gotta, I got to go in. i got to get on the train. i got to go and give the gift of laughter mm-hmm. to a thousand-odd people. You know, And that's the moment where you go, oh, coming in to do this was, you know, this was lovely. Oh, I'm glad you say that. Yeah, there you go. Do you know a real wake-up call for me, and thank God it happened early, was I think I was Phantom at the time, and this uh, lovely older couple on a matinee came to stage door. I'm talking to them, and they said, this was amazing. It uh, uh, met and exceeded our expectations. We were saving three months for these tickets. Mm-hmm. And now will never leave me, because I thought, I'm not saying I hit a home run every show. I know I try to. Yep. The rest is in the I, lap of the gods, yeah. And eye of the beholder or ear of the beholder or whatever, yeah. because I don't, it's not for me to say that was a great show or not, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we're there with the right intention. Yeah. Imagine that was a show where you what, just dialed it in. Yeah. I can't do that, man. No. I'd, I'd rather just, yeah, that was hard work, but. How do you feel in. then if you know you're sick, you know your voice is gone or something and you have to take a, a night or two off? Because it's a do big it, thing at the it. moment, isn't it? You know, there was a bit of a thing about, uh, I believe, about um, Alfie and Matt and people going off in Les Mis. And I know people feel very strongly about this, but how Look, do you feel It's about hard it? when it's advertised, especially for the talent on equal par of the show, I guess. In that situation, that's a unique situation. But at the end of the day, Humans are humans. Yeah. You can only do so much. Agreed. And I don't know what to say. Each to their own. As long as you know you've done all you can to make it happen, a 12-month contract, eight shows a week or six shows a week, if you have an alternate, depending on a part like Valjean, it's, at some point, if you get sick, you get sick. And I don't think any amount of technique or steroid injections, if your body's saying enough's enough. Yeah, you've got to have a rest. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially if you're going to do yourself long-term damage in the future and you're going to damage the show yeah. in a more sort of metaphorical context. If someone is going to come and see the show and not going to get the best experience because you're under, 
think that's okay. And I get it. It sucks for those who have paid that money to see a certain person. Yeah. But it is what it is, you know? I tell you, man, that's why I love doing plays. Yeah. Yeah. Not having to worry about the voices. I bet. <laughs> your blessing. I bet. It's so nice, you know? Do you find yourself sirening throughout the like, mm. Certainly not if I'm doing plays. If I'm doing a musical, I become, I'm now so conscious about my voice. Yeah. Because we're going to go have dinner after this. Yeah. And you made a point. You're not yeah, having yeah. any alcohol. Yeah. Huh? Reason? Are you prepping for a CD of Angels? Uh, yeah, it? I would say that's true. Um, uh, just in general, I felt, I feel that I'm better when I don't drink now. In the days as well, I have more energy to do things, more energy to write, more energy to stay concentrated and then do other things as well. But yeah, uh, it's probably 50-50 between that. And also because I, I, when I finished at the National a couple of weeks ago, I just went, oh, this is great. And, you know, you put the fire on and suddenly yeah. you think, oh, I'll have a beer or I'll have a glass of wine. And then suddenly it becomes a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, that's just a little thing to kind of go, oh, hang on a minute. Maybe I'm using this as a bit of a crutch rather than as a treat, as a reward or whatever. Did you um, get to a point where you were, you know, come two o'clock and you were thinking about it? Oh, yeah. I was doing that with Mandy back in when the weather was nicer and gin was, gin I had was a thirst the, for gin. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't and it? And we'd be filming and... I would start getting excited, you know, because if you have a long day filming and you have a couple scenes left, there's that slight little dip of energy and you, you find a way to bring it up. Yeah. What was getting me excited was a couple more hours off that gin. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kept ta- talking to myself, do I have a problem? I'm only having one. And then I'd ask Mandy, like, we're good, right? Yeah. We don't need, we don't have to have the gin, but no, we are. But it's nice to. And then I realized I was having this conversation with myself and her every day for the past two months. I said, yeah. okay, enough gin for now. Yeah, it's, I think, and I think being able to call a halt to it probably means that everything's fine, isn't it? But 100%. I definitely think that I'm sort of looking ahead and going, right, let me just sit, check in with myself that I know that when March comes back round again, I know that I can live that existence that I need to live, cut all of that out. So I can be on six days a week for five or six months or whatever it is. Um, and City of Angels, that's a big thing, right? Um, it's quite, the stuff that's there is quite high, I suppose. Um, uh, it's quite, un, uh, it's quite exposed. Um, there's like a big solo right at the top of the show. Then there's a big duet at the end of act one. And then there's some, there's like funny, which is, I suppose, the sort of 10 o'clock number, uh, at the end of act two. And then there's another duet at the end. It, there's actually not low. It's not a huge, huge thing. But it's certainly in that register now where I think I can't just do it unthinkingly. Right. I can't uh, I can't just live a life unthinkingly and then expect my voice to be there. So you're gonna when you get into the run of things, how are you with warming up? I'm religious now. Really? Yeah. And I used to be. No. Used to be. Usent. Yeah. Used not. Yeah, usent. But that's <laughs> what? I'm learning new words. There you go. You can have that one. I used to be. Love it. Uh, yeah, I used to be very blasé about that, but now I'm very religious. I find myself sirening during the day. Do you? Yeah, I don't need to. But even when you're filming and not... 100%. Really? Uh, well, know. on set at Holby. Yeah, can we take a lining and just... What am I doing? Why am I that's doing that? That's just because that's just one... That's just in you now, isn't it? It's just... Yeah, I still do the... Go on, Yeah, I'm fine. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Even before filming, that's incredible. No reason. Do you not? Ah, oh, that's 
that just that's inbuilt in you now, isn't it? Yeah. That's never going to go. But I guess because singing is not far. It's always around the corner, whether it's a concert, yeah, I a guess trip to so. Japan. You've always got something in the pipeline there, haven't you? I don't think, I mean, I'm not that, I don't have that sort of necessarily that uh, schedule sort of booked out. So I don't, you know, yeah, to next, a certain extent, sometimes I just go, I oh, know I'm not singing for another six months. No, the next 18 months is crazy. And much to like the producers of Holbies are so good to write around everything. But part of me sometimes went, what if they just said no? I would have just had one thing to worry about. But they're like, we'll work around your schedule. We know you do other things. I'm yeah. like, great. Great. Thank you. And at the time, I think that is amazing. Then I look at my calendar. I was like, why didn't you say no? How far in advance <laughs> are you booked up then? I think to You're like an opera singer. Like middle 221 right now. 2021. Because and we are of Holby at- or because of concerts and tours and Hollywood. other things? Everything. Very grateful. Very It's fortunate. amazing. However, so you're warming up. Is that something you'll always wait to do at the theater? Um, it depends how the voice is feeling. If I wake mm-hmm. up, my voice is feeling okay. I'll trust it, and then I'll get to the theater and warm up. And at what point do you think, oh, it's just not happening? Because you oh. rarely go off. Um, That's why I know about it when you do, because I'm like, I guess so. Frankenstein, by the end that year, I, I was off more than I'd like to have been. Uh, but that was a heavy, it wasn't the singing so much. It was like the shouting. Do you find that? Yeah, there was a lot of script in that, and it was because it was quite high comedy, like Mel Brooks, very yeah. kind of patter comedy. I felt by the end my stamina had uh, decreased, I suppose, and I couldn't get back to a sort of level level point. Uh, also, acid reflux suddenly, like as an old person, considering um, not old person, but as as someone who's been in the business a little bit of time now, suddenly everyone, where's that come from, and why yeah. is that affecting me? Again, something that 20 years ago I wouldn't even have thought about. Now I have to go, right, I have to consider my diets, the way that I sleep, all of this stuff, which is fine, isn't it? It's a first world problem. But I suppose I just have to think about it now. So when do I think it's not there? I guess probably by about two o'clock, maybe. If if there's no turnaround. Yeah. Why? How about you? Uh, I guess... I mean, but there's always those times, isn't it? Well, sometimes- Your default is to go, I'm sure it'll be okay. Yeah. I'll keep going. And then you get to the theater and you do the sort of group warm up and you go, oh God. Oh no, it's just not there. It's totally not there. <laughs> uh, and actually by the end of Frankenstein, there was one show that I had to take everything down the octave. <laughs> I sounded like, uh, you know, a sort of mega bass doing it. And I had to take three or four days off because I racked my voice. You Did know? you ever get to that point? Because you know, like sometimes a cutoff- the company rules like three thirty. Yeah, three twenty five. Like, I don't know what to do. I know. I now I'm getting more anxious. Palpitations. Then, you, then you do it. But the worst, like with lame is, you, no matter how you sound, you start off with. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, so. And you think, oh, this sounds great. Yeah, yeah. But that's also the thing, isn't it? Sometimes you can you get through the the warm up and you think, oh, it's absolutely there. And I think there's a there's a significant shift between the warm up. Yep. And doing it in anger. Suddenly facing an audience. Sometimes your voice can just go, let's not relive this. No, I'm getting nervous. I feel like I'm on tonight. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Put the understudies on. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
So what are you doing for prep for City of Angels? Because um, the reason I ask, because I know... Vocally speaking or just in terms of the play itself? All of the above, because I find you inspiring as an actor, as a person, and I know you're a great writer or up-and-coming writer. You're doing a lot of that. I guess so. So Trying to. And I know you've you've done a lot of workshops and teachings, because what's the school you were officiating? Royal Academy of Music. No, I know that's where you went, but there was a school you would teach at for a while. Oh, I taught at um, Performance Preparation Academy in Guildford. Yeah, I'm still the uh, mum patron there. Amazing. Yeah. I know I would love to audit one of those classes and sit and see what, what you tell people because mm -hmm. I love your work. And what I just saw on uh, how I say it, so like, what's the play you just did? And Oh, the Antipodes. Antipodes. Yeah. I want to, I want to go the back antipodes. to my Antipodes. <laughs> That was one of the best things I've seen you do. You were incredible. Oh, man. And how you just lived in that space as the character. You never dropped the energy, never dropped the ball. And I remember looking at Alexandra, my agent, who I came with, who you know well. I was like, there is a force to be reckoned here with. I don't know about that. You're a great brother. So I want to know how you prep as an actor. And now, obviously, with City of Angels, you have to prep the music and voice as well. Yeah, I guess so. So those who will hopefully be listening, yeah. besides me listening back to this <laughs> on my own, Boy, that Hadley's great. <laughs> I know they're going to want to hear how you prep. Yeah, I suppose uh, it's changed over the years now. Um, I think I, I'm a great believer in authorial intent. And I suppose what I mean by that is trying to, um, trying to put across what the author intended mm -hmm. uh, rather than trying to put your own stamp on something. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Um, and I suppose that's, I, I, I would hope that then becomes comes about and is manifested as a group intention on stage in terms of the cast, in terms of what we're doing is either following what the author intends us to do or the director intends us to do rather than what you intend to do. I think I was probably guilty in the first few years of my career of trying to put my stamp on something. Yeah. And possibly there were moments... No, I'm sure there were moments where I was in a different show to other people. Um, now, I suppose I'm most keen to feel like it is, I am part of a congruent whole. So um, I suppose that's why the idea of being the sort of front and centre lead is less, it's not that it's less appealing, but it's less important to me now. Yeah, I get you. So I did Young Frankenstein because I wanted to, because I hadn't done a, musical comedy for a while, and I hadn't been front and centre for a while. I've sort of been doing, shall we say, more supporting roles in plays, and I thought, oh, do you know what, I want to flex those muscles again. But I suppose I felt, in even in Frankenstein, is that it was so important to be part of a team, a, a cog in a machine that works effectively around the other cogs. And so I suppose in terms of looking at a script, I'll say, right, what is the author's intent here? Mm -hmm. What is the stylistic there? What's the style? So, for instance, City of Angels is written by a brilliant writer, a comic writer called Larry Gelbart, who wrote with all those wonderful old guys um, like Mel Brooks, like uh, Woody Allen, like Neil Simon, who all came through Sid Caesar's writer's room. And suddenly you go, right, so how were those guys writing and how were they reacting to another, one another in the room? Because right. that's the way that they would want their dialogue to be played. Right. So City of Angels is is sort of steeped in the history of film noir, of that fast patter sort of um, those black and white films. Uh, Family Guy did a brilliant piss take on those called Fast Talking High Trousers. But really, if you've got high trousers and you've talked fast, then you're kind of on the right. Yeah. Um, 
the right track with City of Angels. So that's I'm being slightly facetious, but I guess I I kind of go back and I think right, what's the where did this come from as an idea? Mm-hmm. What research can I do around that to sort of bring that idea to fruition as part of a whole? Does that make sense? Hundred percent. And as a, it's funny, the less you try to make it, like put your own stamp on it, and you were trying to honor the author, and we'll talk about then the direction and whatnot. But you become selfless. You end up putting your own stamp because Hadley will show up. I guess maybe there's only that's one Hadley. True. There's only one Rosie. There's only one Ramin. There's yeah. only one whoever. whoever. Yeah, of course. And you stop trying to be something. You're. Yeah, I find I get the most satisfaction now when um, people comment upon the, the range is perhaps the wrong word, but one's versatility, one's flexibility. So if someone says to me, "Ah, oh, that's amazing that you did X film." Mm-hmm. such and such avant-garde play and a Mel Brooks musical comedy. And if I was at home in all three of those different things, even playing music, even writing, if I'm at home doing all of those things, that gives me more satisfaction than anything else. And perhaps sometimes it's easy to be damned by flexibility and one can be a bit too flexible. You know, there's this phrase, isn't there? Jack of all trades and master of none. Yeah. But I like the ability, I admire, especially in other people, the ability to be able to retreat into a role and not really exist too much out of it and to do so many different things. The, the, the performers I admire are those ones who are able to go from, you know, straight theatre to film to musical comedy. And they wouldn't necessarily be the sort of household names, but people like Brian Darcy James, yep. that's... That for me is so, so admirable. We, I, and I think we have those guys over here. We've got people like Douglas Hodge, yeah. um, even Jonathan Price, someone like that. Um, Imelda Staunton, Sam Spiro. I find my own wife very inspiring in that context. Of course. Um, Rosie's just has this ability to kind of shapeshift into doing so many different things and she comes alive in that, in the, in that moment. But it's that sort of... It's that subsummation in into the is that a word? I don't know if it is. It's a good one. You sold it as and there. Such. You go into the into the character and not really exist beyond it. So, for instance, in the Antipodes, I mean, we had seven weeks rehearsal, which was a hell of a luxury. Mm. But we really, I think, were all in the same show. I would hope so, anyway. And it became a joy to be a part of a uh, machine where everybody was working together to to tell the same story rather than disparate. A disparate one. So ha- then, when you say and not exist outside of that, yeah, in this day and age, yeah, when people are trying to promote themselves so much with social media, yeah, we do it. Ah, uh-huh, of course, yeah. And I'm trying to balance it. Even with this, I don't want to. Even when I talk to you, someone like yourself or anyone, I don't want them to give too much away. But you still want people to get to know you. Yeah. How do you balance that? I'm not sure. I, um, I I don't know. Is there a right way of doing it? Do you feel like there's a right way of doing it? I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I confess I'm not. Um, I'm not very trustful of it now. Yeah. Um, I think it's brilliant, and when it's used in the right way to connect with people, to converse with people, then then it's great. I suppose I. It is a well documented fact that social media has its downsides, yeah. and there are infinite other podcasts and people to talk about that. I suppose from our context, um, 
I feel that social media is brilliant in terms of saying, look, this is something that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to sort of connect with people on, on that. But uh, in terms of showing the rest of my life and the rest of me, that's something that I have a slight lack of trust with now. Mm. Um, I'm very big on not so much showing process. Right. Okay. I don't like in rehearsal rooms, mm -hmm. people filming. Agreed. Yeah. Over overuse of selfies. I'm like, I want it. Like we talked about before when I was seeing you after your play, I, I want rehearsals to to be a room to play in and to fall in whatever. Yep. I don't want that to be documented. Agreed, yeah. And the stuff we do show from rehearsal rooms are never really rehearsed, you know? Yeah, you're right. And I suppose there's a balance to find, isn't there? Because um, one has to remind oneself that there is a, th uh, a real insight to be gleaned especially for people who aren't necessarily in the business in terms of seeing inside a rehearsal room mm -hmm. and i understand that that's a very um but there's a right way of showing that yeah agreed. and it and should think, be edited yeah i mean more and more i especially with some of the big musicals you're finding that uh pr and publicity is happening in the rehearsal room aren't you mm -hmm. and i suppose i understand that there's a tension between that because people want to see sort of where the magic happens, yeah, but, but the flip be... side of that is that you don't want to see what goes into the sausages. Right. I want them to, to mix my promote. <laughs> to, uh, I like vegan sausages nowadays. Mm. I don't do the meat ones anymore. Really? Not a vegan, but vegan sausages, I'll Very good. It. I want, yeah, you got to promote the show, but I don't want to promote the process because I don't want to spoon feed people. There's also something well, nice, isn't there, about the surprise of seeing it yeah. in the flesh. You know that feeling when you do a workshop reading and you perform in the workshop, no sets and whatnot, even if you're still holding the scripts, whoever's in the room to watch that, what goes through their mind, because they have to fill in the blanks, they have to build the sets themselves. And uh -huh. That's magic. Sometimes yeah. a workshop, and then I've, I've done a workshop of a show and then did the production. I was like, it wasn't as good. It was so good in the room. I know. Yeah. Well, now we've actually got the budget. <laughs> and then. Well, that's the triumph of the imagination, I suppose, isn't it, as well? And that's something that I suppose musicals have had a bad rap for throughout history, you know, is that they spoon feed people, spoon feed people a sort of false emotion and too much detail. Um, but I think I would fight against that to a certain extent. You know, I, I think um, more and more musicals now are, are allowing people's imaginations to do, to fill in the gaps an awful lot. Yeah. And I suppose this is a different conversation, but a good musical is a good musical and a good play is a good play. A bad musical is a bad yeah. musical and a bad play is a bad play, you know. I mean, this is something that we've, I know, talked about in the past, that sort of bad rap that musicals have. But And I'm not saying beautiful, massive sets like what you get Mary Poppins is a bad thing. Like, it's amazing Absolutely. to see, yeah. you know. There's a magic to that. But I suppose, yeah, I, I, find, I find the rehearsal period still the most exciting part. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about it. I love but that it discovery, that... Like you say, the chance to fall and, and, and pick yourself up. And I suppose nowadays, I think, and actually to draw, to draw it back to what you were talking about in terms of sort of teaching and, and all of that sort of stuff, especially I did a public masterclass last week, was it, at the Royal Academy? And I find that I want to, I'm drawn to and I'm interested in the idea of those being a rehearsal effectively now. Right. And I suppose I think about the run of a play of a musical now almost as an extended rehearsal. Love that. Is that? Yeah. I mean, I don't want that to sound too sort of clever, clever, because obviously you have to hit certain marks and there are ways of doing a particular beat of drama or a particular moment in a song where you've 
discussed it and rehearsed it with the director or your um, the rest of your cast and, and you agree upon, you know, a way that perhaps works and tells the story well. Yeah. But for something to be living and breathing, I suppose uh, I'm keen to keep playing around. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like you're the same, probably. 100%. Because I always, my analogy is... I, you go to the theater every night when you're in a show, right? Yeah. If there's a diversion, you take that diversion. Absolutely. There's 50, 100, whatever different ways to get there. Yeah. You'll get there. Yeah. So that's the authorial intent. Yeah. Well, who says you can't one night go this because someone's done this or someone something fell or a curveball? Yeah, exactly. The one thing that I, I resist now is the sort of predetermined muck up or something like that. That what did I you call it? Rehearsal room laughs. Yeah, rehearsal Drives room laughs. Insane. So those ones I sort of try and resist a little bit. And we've, we're all guilty of going, oh, God, I know I can get a good laugh on that. Yeah. And so I'm going to keep on playing that. And then you quickly learn that actually that's the one that you feel a bit dirty doing. Yeah. Um, so I, I suppose that's that, that's the preparation side of things. Um, I I And just to, yeah. without getting your specific process, because I never want to know that, but... So you have the script now in front of you. You you learn your songs as anyone yep. would. However, whether you read music or whatnot, yep. get it on dictaphone. Well, dictaphone. Yeah. Oh my now. Oh my word. And the old mini disc. Yeah. Dropbox folder. <laughs> <laughs> but do you actually in the book scenes? I, there are book scenes in yeah, yeah. Angels, right? Yeah. How do you break down lines? You act. Put action to lines. No, I don't mean physical actions, but um, yeah, you mean as in sort of Stanislavski in actions? Yes. Um, no, I don't. I mean, I suppose I've done that if I've worked with a director who's been keen on that as a process, but I've only really found that out in the rehearsal room. Um, but I don't do that independently because I suppose going back to that thing of it being a living, breathing rehearsal, I'm I'm slightly wary of of having, and and there. Are, debates to be had about this but I'm slightly wary of all of having a sort of an action again uh, attached to a line because then you're going to be playing that one action forever I see I think probably there can be different actions for the same line yeah and I that guess can, that is an evolution I suppose so Each and again time. I don't want this to sound too too sort of actorly but um I suppose that's how I think so what do I do I don't know if you're the same but I I'm much more inclined now to be off book for the start of rehearsals. 100%. Yeah, because what I find is really if I'm off book, I haven't made any decisions about where it's going to go. But as soon as you step in the rehearsal room on day one, you have that ability to be able to play from day one. Yeah, why waste time? I don't think rehearsals are there to necessarily learn what you should have done on your own time. Yeah. If you got the script on day one, that's different. Yeah. Although I'll counteract that by saying, for something like the Antipodes, we were actually told don't be because part of the re part of the rehearsal process is going to be sort of the learning. Fine, but that but, was a specific instruction. Exactly, but but the times that I've really enjoyed rehearsals have been the times that I have been off book, and that's sometimes been expressed like before Winter's Tale. Ken said to us, "You need to be off book for day one," and we had blocked. Had we blocked the entire show, or was it act the first half? can't remember it was one of them of a Shakespeare play and we had a run through in the room at the end of act one everybody off book at the end of week one wow. and it was incredible the other one that springs to mind is Long Day's Journey into Night which is three and three quarter hours of Eugene O'Neill you know yeah. heavy drama and that was directed by Richard Eyre and he said look you were really going to benefit if you guys are 
or off books, so we were, and um, it meant that we were all heads up from day one. Um, See, this is where I learned this, I tr truly believe this phrase that I heard, discipline equals freedom. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Now you have the freedom, because of that discipline, yeah. to play. Yeah. And That's I, so much fun. And so I, I guess I'll go, I'll try and go into city with that off book. I mean, we've done the show before, so I should hope I remember bits of it. I certainly remember the music because it's one of my favorite schools anyway, and I knew it. I had done it at university. Really? Yeah. Although I played Stone. Um, so it's actually one of the few musicals that I would be able to sing the lyrics to. Even even Les Mis, I can't remember the lyrics. Are you like me? Because now, you know, I've got secret. I, mean, I can't remember the lyrics anyway. But <laughs> I'm doing chess in Japan in January. I don't yeah. know when this will come out, but yeah. Anyhow, I put on the CD last night because I try and do one thought at a time, one show at a time. So I right. got my concerts out of the way. Now I'll do chess. I put it on. I was like, I've done the show. When did I sing this song? <laughs> the show, the Mountain Duet, which is beautiful. But I'm like, I don't remember. I don't. I could not. It's literally starting over again. My brain can only hold so much at this point. Yeah, in my life. I feel like Homer Simpson in that regard. Like, there's only room <laughs> yeah. for like a tiny little man sort of jumping if I around. Got into it's now, I'll start fine with the uhs, uh, and then yeah. freedom is mine. Dope! Are there any shows that you, uh, City of Angels, I would know a lot of the lyrics to, and Jesus Christ Superstar, because those are two that I. Thanks for listening to part one of my hang with Hadley Frazier, actor, musician, writer, and all-around great guy. Please tune in for part two, where we will pick off right where we left off with our conversation about the 25th anniversary of The Phantom of the Opera. Don't forget, you can connect with me at bpn.fm forward slash The Hang and on Instagram and Twitter at Ramin Karamloo. The Hang is produced by Dory Berestein and Alan Seals from the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find me online at bpn.fm forward slash the hang. Don't forget, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Ramin Karamlu, on YouTube, a roaming Iranian, or my Facebook page, official Ramin Karamlu. Music for my podcast is by my friends in one of my favorite bands, The Dives. Please check them out at their website, thedivesmusic.com. That's thedivesmusic.com, where you can get to know them, hear their incredible music, get links to all their socials, and most importantly, their tour dates, where you can find out where you can see and hear them live. They are truly a great band, and they are phenomenal live. Check them out. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.